The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show seven days a week from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself, Tommy Dreamer, and Bully Ray talk about NXT and the return of Sean Spears. Also, we have a great conversation with Lance Archer before his big Meat Madness match with Wardlow and Hobbs right now on the Busted Open Podcast. The big surprise last night of the return of Sean Spears. And it's not even just about the return of Sean Spears, Bully, but truly is the return of Sean Spears. You know, we got, when he left the WWE, he was Ty Dillinger, was with NXT, moved up to SmackDown, and then he was gone as Ty Dillinger. Went to AEW as Sean Spears had was with AEW for over four years as Sean Spears had an amazing feud uh, with Cody Rhodes. And then once that feud was over, didn't really hear much from Sean Spears. Didn't hear much at all. He left. He asked for his release. And then we saw him re-debut with NXT last night. And it got me thinking, Bully, like... I honestly don't remember, and we've seen it how many millions of times where a wrestler leaves the WWE, loses their WWE name, reinvents themselves under another name, but once they come back to the WWE, they get that WWE name back. Not the case with Sean Spears. That was Sean Spears who we saw last night. I can't, I honestly, Tommy and Bully. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember another wrestler being able to do that. Do you guys remember that at all? You have uh, outthinked the think. Uh, I don't. I've been trying, racking my brain the entire time. Hopefully, the nation can help us out here uh, because it's a uh, it's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you guys can't figure it out, my my memory is not going to be good enough to to think of anybody, but. When it comes to to Spears, I mean, I I knew we were going to talk about this today, and I'm racking my brain to try to figure out something to say other than than what I really want to say. Say what you want to say. It it was great to see Sean Spears back last night, yada, yada. But when it comes to the misuse 
of talent in AEW, I can probably put Sean Spears up in the top three names of guys that were just not used, mistakes were making, made, botched, whatever you want to call it. But I'll be damned if that chair shot, like we talk about WrestleMania moments. How about an AEW moment? moment? That, that I don't want to say chair shot used around the world because that's Tommy and Raven's thing, but I'll just use that, um, that, that wording to describe Spears chair shot on Cody. Man, did they have a moment right there? Man, did they catch lightning in a bottle? Man, was Sean Spears hated. They got it all right in that moment. And then, much like Wiley Coyote falling off the cliff, poof, done. Then they try to repackage him with, with uh, Tully. That really didn't work. What went wrong with Sean Spears in AEW? That's the question I want to know. I'm asking. That's the answer I want. Where did things go wrong with a guy that in the beginning was doing so well, had such a great moment? Now, I'm sure Sean Spears will be utilized much better in NXT than he was in AEW. Do you guys have a good answer of what happened four years ago, whatever it was? I mean, and why Sean Spears was just, I, I don't even think he was put on the back burner. I think he was taken off the stove. Yeah, Bully, I, I got to agree with you on this one. You look back at, you know, that chairman of AEW, that chairman character that he had, and you said that chair shot. That If you remember, we talked about that for, for weeks here on Busted Open. That was a, that was a big moment early on uh, in AEW. That was like really, I get one of the hottest first feuds for AEW was that Cody... Um, Sean Spears feud. Um, and then right after that feud ended, he got into that feud with Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky is another person that you could probably put on that list of guys that for a, a moment was hot in AEW, then was kind of off TV. Then there was the pinnacle and he was part of the pinnacle. And then soon after that, by the, by the end of 2021, I would say that, Tommy Bully's point is valid where he just wasn't on TV at all. And for somebody that was that hot early on, just never was able to get even close to where he was back in 2019 and 2020. And it's a shame because in the WWE, if you remember, he was hot. Then he injured his hand. And then when he came back from that injury with his hand, he never really, he never really got back on track either. So, uh, it's an interesting one. Well, I mean, he was in WWE twice, you know, when the first time they didn't see it in him. A, a lot of that, in my opinion, is is falls one or two things. Uh, you fall out of favor with the boss where they just don't see it in you or something happens behind the scenes where, you know, hey, you could be the greatest worker in the world if you get all this analytical data that says people are turning off the channel. I'm not saying this is him. Then, hey, he's the nicest guy, but people change the channel when he's on. Um, 
or when he's wrestling, he gets no reactions or she too. You know, there's a, a lot of things like that, that, you know, you just can't uh, really put your finger on. There's also some people that, I mean, if you're asking me three to five years is a good shelf life for a talent. Uh, in if they're not upper echelon, then, Hey, you have to cycle in new talent for your company. Um, and, and if it's just, you're getting paid and we call you when we call you, uh, then some people are okay with it. I do think, uh, that is the past and it kind of showed that, yes, he persevered. I'm a massive, uh, fan of his, and I think we will see new stuff. I really did like, I had no clue. His vignettes were for about three weeks now in NXT. They showed that writing in different places yep. and it really, really worked. And then last night on the show, I liked the other, it was so different. And I was like, this is brilliant writing in the sand of a beach. I thought it was a commercial and it was, and I was like, I wonder who this person will be. And little stuff like that is very, very cool because it's not like they're coming in with, you know, let's say Lexus King, where you saw just a little bit of it, which that vignette was phenomenal. But this was very, very subtle. You didn't know what it was. And it turned out to be a nice surprise and somebody that the younger talent can benefit from, especially in NXT when you have younger talent in there and they could be with the guy who's been TV ready forever, you know, the whole 10 thing. And he's just someone that could really, really help. He could win. He could lose. Right now, I would suggest just, you know, push him for the bit uh, and keep him up there so he's credible to help somebody get you to the next level. It's a perfect place and a perfect role for him. And to your point, I'm still trying to rack my brain of somebody who was in WWE as one name, left, and then came back with their other name. I mean, even Now, uh, uh, Andre um, said about Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, but, they, you know, Scott Hall was Scott Hall before he went to the WWE. I think it's a little bit different. He was also Razor Ramon. Yeah. He got over as Razor Ramon. He did not get over as Scott Hall. You didn't. You you don't think he got over as Big Scott Hall in AWA? You saying WWE? Uh, but when I he came even... back again, he was Scott Hall. He wasn't Razor Ramon. Oh, so yeah, then that would work. Yeah, and you could All say right, the same. We got one. Yeah, same so with we, Kevin Nash. Same thing with Kevin Nash. Same yes, thing. Yes, we got two. Scott Hall and Kevin right. Nash. So good job. On we that. don't need the nation now. Thanks. Unless you got <laughs> well, somebody else. There may there may be some more, but but to that point, the Good Brothers, you know, Anderson and Gallows is another one bully that were on the main roster. You probably could have told me that they were future endeavored a year ago, and I would have believed you because we didn't see them much on TV at all. Now they're on NXT as well. NXT is doing a great job of using this experience on their show. And using them in the right way to get the younger talent over and putting them on a big stage. So another reason why NXT, it seems, is doing things the right way. The situation with the the lack of use of the Good Brothers over the years has always kind of bothered me. And it bothers me for a very specific reason. Me and Devon's last night 
in the WWE Monday Night Raw at the Barclays Center in 2016. The, they asked us to do a favor for the Good Brothers, and me and Devon are more than happy to do it for them because they were good dudes um, that we got along with, and we thought that they were going to use that night to help propel those guys into something special, and it never happened. So it was done for no good reason. These guys are a solid team. They look good together. You know, th th I like the different height. I like the bigger guy and the smaller guy. I like their finish, the magic killer. Like, th th they work hard. Like, all they needed was a little bit of a little bit of momentum behind them and some and some, you know, a story with another team and just not even putting them with AJ really hand out. There was a pseudo, you know, pseudo bullet club, you know, stuff and, you know, the thing with the fingers, the too sweet, but nothing ever really caught on. And I don't think they ever really knew what to do with them. But I mean, I'm were, glad to see them back. Go ahead. They were tag team champions for a little bit, but I, I get what you're saying. But I also, that same thing that you were just talking about AEW, it's the same thing. It's different eyes. How come these guys were top, top tier in New Japan, top, top tier when they left WWE to come to TNA, uh, had the opportunity to go to AEW, but then chose to go back to WWE. It's, you know, different eyes, maybe viewed talents differently, or honestly, where do you fit in in the card? Because you have so many guys on the show. Then you have, I mean, they're a pure tag team. So if you have your pure tag teams, where do they fit in? As if they're the older guys that, you know, sometimes in wrestling and I disagree with it they feel and I mean if you think about it the Dudleys went through it well they're older so now is their time to put talent over which I totally disagree with done right yes it is to put talent over but not like oh go out there have a you know six minute match and you guys lose because you're older as opposed to you know just not being I mean, who cares about how old you are uh, the the compa the um, explanation I try to paint the picture of how like me and Devon felt uh, in the WWE back when we had that last run to kind of piggyback of what Tommy just said the, the WWE sometimes will use older talent and step on them to get the younger talent over so like I kind of looked at it as me and Devon the way we like to get talent over is we're a team that established ourselves you know, throughout the years. And we, we were at the top of the ladder. So if you're at the top of the ladder, you reach down and help pull up the rest of the talent and help them climb the ladder. As opposed to the way the WWE kind of utilized us, we were at the bottom of the ladder and they were using us for younger talent to step on, to propel themselves to the top of the ladder. And they did that even back in the day, guys. If you remember, <laughs> wow. like Tony Gurria, well, you know. I was just going to say the same thing. Tony Gurria, Tony Gurria, uh, and uh, Chief you know, J. Strongbow, Strongbow, Renee Gulloy, yeah, even Pedro Morales. Yeah, Pedro Morales uh, is a great one. And I'm like, there's no way he's losing this quickly. You know, they did that to a lot of guys where, yep. you know, and it wasn't like they were even like fat and out of shape. It was just like there are new talents that are coming in. And like, you know, they're going to just and it was just legit squashes. I couldn't believe some of it. But then on the other hand, 
they made them, they all had jobs forever after that. They really did. The only, the, the good thing that came out of that one year, listen, me and Devon got paid very well, yada, yada, Hall of Fame the next year. It's just with myself and Vince McMahon disagreed on how the Dudleys should be used. What good came out of it? The New Day were propelled to the next level. The Usos were propelled to the next level. The Wyatt family. But after the after that year, I had a lot sucked out of me, Dave, because of the believe. way they went about it. And I told Vince to his face, I can't do this Dudley thing anymore because of the way you have handled the act. I mean, I was I was I was respectfully blunt with him. And, you know, that's when the whole, you know, Bully Ray thing came up and yada, yada. We came very close. But I don't agree with using any talent, tag team single, to be stepped on to propel uh, any other talent. They did it with Mickey James, too. Mickey James' last run in the WWE. Here's here's Mickey James, who in my eyes, you know, former world champion, one of the greatest women wrestlers of all time. Uh, To me, a first ballot Hall of Famer in that last run. They kind of used Mickey in that same way, and it bothered me so much. Why would you do that? It's the same thing with the Dudleys, Bully. I mean, why? this is one of the greatest, most decorated tag teams of all time. Why are you using them in this way? If You should use them to propel younger talent, but not in that way. Uh, and, and But like Tommy said, they did that even back. I, I was just watching an old show from 1985 and it's a good call from you Tommy Pedro Morales like Pedro Morales losing in two and a half minutes that's Pedro Morales you know former intercontinental former world champion here's a guy that main evented with Bruno San Martino at Shea Stadium and you're using him in in enhancement matches it's so disrespectful it, I, I don't oh, – oh, Tommy, hold on one second, and tell me if you agree with this, Tommy. I don't look at it as disrespectful. I just – I look at it as the nature of the business. This is the business we have chosen. And you take the good and the bad of it. I, in no way in hell did the WWE disrespect the Dudleys in the way they treated us on our last run. But in the world of wrestling, I came up in the way I learned I would have liked to have seen it done a different way. And And I'm not saying that we needed to win titles or win matches. At the end of the day, it's about getting the other teams over. Dave, I told you, Vince McMahon sat us down at our first Monday Night Raw and said, Bubba, Devon, here's your here's what you're doing for the next year. I need you to get help get the New Day over. I need you to help get the Usos over. I need you to help get the Wyatt family over. Those were the exact words that came out of his mouth. Yes, sir, you got it, boss, whatever you need. But the way they wanted to do it as compared to the way we wanted to do it, we disagreed. All right, so let me ask you this. We just spoke to Matt Hardy on Monday. Do you feel it's a little disrespectful the way the Hardys are being used in AEW? We got a pay-per-view coming up in North Carolina this weekend. They're not even on the show. So, like, do you feel, like, in some ways, because you look at the Hardys, one of the greatest tag teams of all time, and right now they're, they're when they work together, it's it seems like glorified enhancement matches. Is that a little disrespectful when you look at it? 
Tommy, do you want to go first or me? Uh, you can. Once again, I don't think the word disrespectful is the right word. Do I believe that Tony Khan is being deliberately disrespectful to Matt and Jeff? No. And I don't know Tony Khan as a person or as a uh, as a um, as a matchmaker. And I refuse to word, use the word booker with him. Um, but I don't think he's being disrespectful. Tommy, you know Tony a little bit better. He doesn't seem to be a disrespectful person from what I hear. Not at all. I, so I just think that you have the Hardys right now. I don't think the tag team scene in AEW is on fire right now other than this match we have coming up at Revolution between the Bucks, Sting, and Darby. I think all the focus is on there. I would hope that coming out of this, the Hardys are a little, little bit more featured. Who knows? There could be, Tommy, tell me yes or no, there could be a little bit of hesitant. Tony could be a little hesitant about putting Jeff in, you know, featured positions because of the past things that have happened outside of the ring. And we hope those things never happen again. So it, those things, but I don't think it's disrespect. Do I think the Hardys should, should the Hardys be at least be out there in North Carolina for something? Sure. It's their hometown. Uh, I agree with everything Bully said. Then I got to look at it uh, the other way. My building is sold out where a guy is leaving why not hold off on the Hardys when I may need them? When I if listen, if I have Matt and Jeff on my card, I know what to do with them. I love Matt and Jeff and have used them when I had them and they always drew for me. And when that music hits, that place comes unglued for them. I could then say the same thing of how many Australian acts WWE has and how many of them weren't even in Australia. You'd also know why, Dave. They saved it all for Rhea. And rightfully so. But you have to like sometimes like think of that. There, there's so many things that go into that. I mean, loudest pop, one of the loudest WrestleMania pops, Hardy's return to WWE. In Orlando, WrestleMania 33, amazing. Off the charts. And then it kind of just, I mean, Jeff also had gotten hurt. But like it went from here's our high. And then however long they were there, maybe a year, maybe two. But then it's like we're not going to continue to push this act because of what? Because they're older. And again, different eyes on different uh, product. I, I totally, I'm against it. I don't think it is disrespectful. What I like to do is totally different. What Bully likes to do. And I mean, Matt is super creative as well. But then if it doesn't fit in the plans of the boss, then you just have to kind of like, okay. And to Tommy's point about, the, the building being sold out, the, the the main event tag match for the night is the Bucks versus Sting and Darby Allen. That's where you want all of the eyes and attention on. That's where you want the spotlight. So what would you do with Matt and Jeff? Do you just throw them in another tag match just to put them on the show? I don't know the entire card. I think there's about nine matches. To me, the only tag match should be the well, young bucks against there Sting is, and there Darby. is another tag match. There's the you know the BCC against FTR as well. Okay, like and that's going to be a great tag match. I would even take that match 
off of the show just to make Sting's match that much more unique. One tag match, Sting's last match is that tag match. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's Bully Ray. Do you know who I am? I talk pro wrestling, and I play rock and roll. Yeah! Every Wednesday night, as soon as AEW Dynamite ends, I'm bringing you instant reactions with the Busted Open Nation. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. The only place to party is Busted Open After Dark. With me, Uncle Bully, starting at 10 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation 156 and on the SiriusXM app. What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. King's Island is now open weekends. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The birthday boy himself, the one and only Lance Archer. Lance, how are you? Happy birthday, buddy. (laughs) Thanks, man. Are you going to sing happy birthday? Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to, to you. you. 
Happy birthday Murder Hawk, man. Happy, Happy birthday. You asked for it. There you go. Yeah, Happy birthday. Highest rated show ever right there. <laughs> How are you? And listen, you know, big show coming up on Sunday. Are you going to have time to celebrate your birthday tonight? Uh, I, I don't know. We've got TV tonight. So we'll see what happens there. You know, go get me some cake from catering or something like that. <laughs> it never works good. out when you wrestle on your birthday, by the way, just birthdays and hometowns never really work out well for wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't expect much. My, my, my track record isn't that great anyway. Lance, talk to us about this match coming up at revolution called meat madness. <laughs> <laughs> what a name right what a name uh yes. you, they're just you know you're sticking three big ass dudes in the ring all together just ready to punch each other in the face and have a lot of fun so uh there's gonna be a lot of meat slapping uh it, it, it'll be an interesting experience to say the least is there well, any I mean, special I, oh go ahead tommy sorry i was gonna say i follow you on uh social media and you're not looking as meaty you're pretty lean today for your birthday pick a little uh so lean, uh, you're not lean as mean. And mean, baby. Lean and mean, baby. Lean meat's the best meat, baby. Okay. More, uh, I'm more like a ribeye, like a piece of meat surrounded by a lot of fat. But <laughs> hey, I hate okay. it when he beats me to the joke. <laughs> Bubba's like Bubba's like prime rib. Like there's just tons of fat around it. And <laughs> you? How much do you weigh right now, Tommy? Let's get back to our birthday guest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Lance, like, is there special rules for a meat madness match? Uh, just beat the living crap out of each other. That's all I know. Uh, I haven't heard anything specific about it. Right now, it's just me, Hobbs, and Wardlow. Um, who knows if more will get added? And if they do, then it'll just be that much more meat, that much more fun. But uh, right now, it's just a, a triple threat between the three of us, and we're just going to beat the living crap out of each other on pay-per-view. Lance, one of the things that I have been critical about here on Busted Open when it comes to AEW is the use of the big men. Now, okay. three of the biggest men in AEW, in yourself, Wardlow and Hobbs, will be in the Meat Madness match. Despite the fact that it might be a little bit of a horny name for a match, are you guys looking at this for an opportunity to maybe open Tony's eyes or open the fan base's eyes back to the big man and say, hey, listen, this is what we can do. We can steal a show. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, this day and age of big man is a different kind of big man in the business. It's a hybrid version of the big man. You know, I've been around for a little while, had to adapt to the different styles that have come in the time that I've been in the business. Uh, Wardlow is somebody who does some amazing things considering how big he is. Uh, Will Hobbs, you know, he's one of the meatiest men in the match and he's going to put everybody down as fast and hard as he can, if he can. Um, and it's one of those things where I think we're trying to help the perception of what big men are supposed to be in AEW and the business. Uh, we're not necessarily trying to change somebody's mind. We're just trying to help them understand why we are so important to AEW and the wrestling business as a whole.
Uh, like talk talk about answer. what we're going to see on Sunday being a featured match on a pay-per-view, Lance. You know, like this is a big show coming up on Sunday. Sold out Greensboro, North Carolina, Sting's last match. How does it feel to have this featured match coming up on Sunday? For me, it's very special. This is literally my first pay-per-view, uh, actual pay-per-view. I've had a couple pre-show pay-per-view matches, the, uh, the zero-hour stuff going on. Uh, but this is my first time back on pay-per-view since uh, uh, Double or Nothing 2021. So for me, this is a very special moment because I'm ready to step back into that limelight that is the pay-per-view scene. Like you said, this is Sting's last match, sold out in Greenville. So that's special because Sting, for me, has a special place in my wrestling career because the reason I started watching wrestling, the reason I got into the business of professional wrestling was Sting. You know, when I got to have the, the six-man match against him, uh, Edge and Darby not that long ago, you know, for me to be a part of one of the last matches he's going to have in the business of professional wrestling was really special. So to be there, to see that, to experience that, to be around that, and then also to perform on the show in the biggest, meatiest match of them all, the Meat Madness match, um, it, it's all special for me to be back on pay-per-view, to be back in a featured situation, and to keep moving forward uh, in AEW and the business of professional wrestling. Uh, I didn't know you had that relationship uh, with Sting. Kind of, I guess he was your, to me, my Dusty. You know, for he was your guy. Will you go out in the crowd and watch it? Oh, oh my absolutely. God! I can't believe you just asked that question. That was my question. <laughs> Fat minds think alike. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, absolutely. That's one of those things. Like, I, I, I don't think you can truly experience it backstage at the monitor. I mean, you can because they're there and it's in high def and it's right in front of you, 4K. But I think to really appreciate what is happening is to go out and hear the people feel the people and be a fan for just that moment and i think sometimes that's what we don't get to do is just be a fan and you know after i beat the crap out of wardlow and hobbs i'll absolutely go watch sting in his last match and be a fan for that moment i i remember i had the exact same mentality brother when flair had his last match i ran out into the crowd and sat right behind Conrad. Uh, I just moved some fan out of the way. I stood on his chair and I'm like, dude, we're going to watch this together. And it was one of the cool, it was cool to be able to see Flair's last match live in the second row, but just to hang out with a fan and watch it together like a surprise. So uh, I, I'm I'm happy for you that you're going to go out there and watch it live. Absolutely. Like he's, he's, Sting has done a lot for me over the years, like things that, you know, nobody knows, like just having conversations, calling me, at different points of transition in my in my career, you know, going from uh, when I was with TNA and then my short stint in WWE and then even sometimes, you know, while I was in Japan, you know, because he lives pretty close to me in Waxahachie, Texas. So it was a good place to be to be able to communicate with him. And it's not like we hung out. We didn't go to dinners all the time or anything like that. But if I reached out to him, he was always available and always had great advice. And so, like I said, to for him and what he meant to me just getting into the business, what he meant to me during my time in the business to be able to be there for that last moment of his. Um, like I said, it, it'll be really cool, really special. And I'm absolutely going to be out there being a fan. And I would imagine Lance that you guys have also had some great personal conversations. Cause I believe you're both, you know, devout Christians and yes. able to have conversations on, on a religious level with one another that maybe you couldn't yeah. have with the rest of the guys. Yeah, very true. You know, his his family moved to Texas because his brother's a pastor. And so I got to go to their their church a couple times and be around him and his family. And, and you know, God rest his father because his father just passed away. And I, I got to meet him, his, his mom. And 
his his brothers, his sisters, his his kids, all of them. You know, it's really cool to be around him, especially in that environment. Because as somebody who has a strong faith, like I said, I never proclaim to be any kind of saint. That's for sure. Um, but to be around somebody that ha carries the same faith and be around his family and see the connection they have to God, um, it, it, it's definitely an inspiring thing, especially considering what he means to me in the wrestling business. So just as a human being, it's cool to see him be that, his family be that, and then have him be an inspiration to me both in life and in wrestling. You know, Lance, uh, the last three months have been extremely busy for you. You've wrestled on Dynamite, Collision, Rampage, Ring of Honor, GCW, New Japan, on the Jericho Cruise. Just talk about like being a part of AEW, but also having the freedom to wrestle for all these different organizations as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what keeps the drive alive. Is not not just having uh, it's a weird way to say it, not just having one thing to focus on, but being able to go out there. And like you said, being on the Jericho cruise, wrestling in GCW for the first time the other day to, to the stuff that I get to go and do in Japan, considering how special Japan was to my career um, to continue to do those things, to go out there and stay relevant, you know, because AW has <laughs> beyond an amazingly stacked roster. So there's not a lot of time for everybody all the time. So you're not always going to be on, when you are on, it's a special moment, it's a special time, but then you get to go out and like you said, you still get to be around the people and wrestle in front of the fans that are the lifeblood of this business. And that extends beyond just AEW because there are fans all around the world. Like I said, everything that has gone on in Japan uh, to be a part of that and all the special moments I've had there to all the different companies on the independent level that I still get to go and be a part of, to go and be on that cruise and just be 24 7 engulfed in wrestling because every single person on that cruise was there for professional wrestling yeah. and to watch them and their passion and their enjoyment of being on a rocking boat while we're wrestling and just having a blast like it's fun to be able to go and be a part of all of that everywhere and still have the opportunity to come and be back with AEW on AEW dynamite collision rampage uh, roh all the different uh, elements that AEW provides for the professional wrestling fans um, so it's, it's just a blast for me. It's busy as hell sometimes, but it's better to be busy than to be sitting by on your hands. Lance, is there anyone in AEW that, uh, you really want to face because you've never faced them? You know, it's, uh, it's funny you say that it might sound cliche. I've never wrestled Samoa Joe. I know he's the champion right now. I'd love to take that title off his ass and I'd love to beat him up and it'd be the first time ever. Um, and all the time that we've been around each other with TNA and, and, you know, it would be a really cool experience to see two big ass dudes fighting for the AEW championship. And then, uh, to, to hold my first championship. And this is the sidebar question since everyone here in the room, sting is not built from Waxahachie, Texas. He's built from Venice <laughs> beach, but who's the most famous wrestler built from Waxahachie, Texas. <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, Mr. Kata. Who? Dick Murdoch. Oh, my God. Bubba gets the right answer. <laughs> I actually, me and Devon drove past like the sign for Waxahachie. I made Devon pull over to the side of the road and I took a selfie in front of the big sign that said Waxahachie. Nice. Still, <laughs> still, the greatest moment in TNT history is when Gene Okerlund, along with Adrian Adonis, visited uh, Wachachi, Texas, with Dick Murdoch. Uh, what? Lance, Where? Yeah. What? what was that? What was the name of that place? <laughs> Listen, 
Speaking, I, Listen, I only, I only non-pineapple eating pizza fool. How do you say it? <laughs> Listen. Listen, when you stop putting venison on pizza, I'll I'll say that the correct way. Venison? That sounds good, though. <laughs> Lance, venison thanks. is great on pizza. Venison no, and come pineapple. On. Come on, stop it. It's a meat. That's <laughs> it's disgusting. A meat. Speaking That's of meat, disgusting. meat madness match at Revolution. Meat Madness match coming up on Sunday, <laughs> AEW Revolution. Thank you for that transition, Bully. Lance, happy birthday to you, man. Enjoy it. It's your day, and I can't wait to watch that match coming up on Sunday. Good, man, because I'm going to beat the crap out of those boys. Nice. All right, enjoy. Thanks so much for the time. All right, guys. Y'all have fun. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, Please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open every day of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.